the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Welcome to Sports Day SA, the summer edition. Thinking, uh, oh, sorry, I'm just in a bit of a fluster here. My semi, my producer was pointing at me, and I'm going, why is he pointing at me? And then <laughs> I realised exactly why. Uh, let me start again. Good, good day, everyone. How are you? How's your Monday? It is Sports Day SA. Paul Bonds are here, and Dan Menzel was with me. Men's, how was your weekend? Weekend was good, Bonds. Uh, getting a little bit of sleep, which is nice. That's um, nice. But uh, the the benefit of having a newborn with the amount of sport that's on at the moment is I'm up every two or three hours anyway. So I'm watching the cricket, I'm watching the NFL, I'm watching every sport there is because I'm virtually not sleeping. So it's, it's been good. How about yourself? Uh, good. I had a very productive uh, weekend uh, putting up the Chrissy lights and stuff like that and uh, had a day off work today. So I guess that does happen. Know, it was good More too. than a month out. So you're getting in early, which is, or yeah. is it? It's maybe not early. Uh, it's a Christmas pageant. Yeah. Up they go. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, no, that's, that's good. We bought a, a, a 1.2 meter kangaroo Christmas light. Wow. Yeah. Goes all right. You'd be a fan of the Lobelthor lights, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think it might get stolen. I'm a bit of a Christmas Grinch. Anyway, we'll move <laughs> on. Uh, just quality home improvements. Open line 1300 736 736 or text in on 0427 if you want to be part of the show. Big show tonight. We've got the president of the Grange Golf Club, uh, Nicole Ratterton Reynolds. She'll join us because Live Golf is back next year. So we're going to have a chat to her about that. That'll be good. Um, and we got a hat trick. We do have our hat trick, and you've so. got a good top seven. Yes, top seven. That's going to be slightly more than top seven, but uh, yeah, no, we're going to look at the cricket World Cup. All right, time for our box score Monday. Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. And also, thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under the one roof. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear in store or online. Men's, where are we going to start with our box score? Yeah, we're going to start with the AFLW. uh, But just after we go through a couple of the ODI World Cup results from the weekend. Mm. So we we will talk about it in the next segment uh, on the ODI World Cup. But we'll just touch on... Australia, as we mentioned Friday night, they were always going to get the job done against Bangladesh yes. and did it with ease. And uh, Mitch Marsh has taken some nice form into the semifinals. Well, Bangladesh were flying until, once again, Adam Zampa came in. He bowled 10 overs, 2 for 32 on a really good batting track. He's clearly our best bowler at the moment. And what about the performance of Mitch Marsh? Yeah, he's he when he when he gets in and he, he hits the ball as purely as anyone and uh, it just shows that we've got the firepower with him and Maxwell uh, that we can do damage if we do run into a red-hot India potentially, but we've got to get through South Africa first. Uh, so that was our game against Bangladesh. We won by eight wickets, and then absolutely no surprise that India come out against Netherlands and put on 400, 410, in fact, for four wickets, and then bowled the Netherlands out for 250. So gallant Netherlands. They won a couple of games in this tournament, but they were never going to be any chance against India. Nowhere near it, and... Uh... Uh, yeah, later in the show we'll talk about the semi-finals and and wherever unfinished. That'll be good. All right, AFLW. Uh, the crow disappointing result. Yeah, it was. It was uh, quite surprising 
multiple of the results from the weekend. So the Crows went down to the Brisbane Lions by two points. Five goals, 7.37 to 6.3.39. Uh, look, I, we, we talked about what we thought might happen Friday night. And I mentioned that they'll come, they'll come home strong, the Crows, and they did. But they just weren't able to kick a major. The Lions keep the goal in the last quarter. But the Crows, a few shots of goals and a few misses, which unfortunately cost them the game in the end. Well, the ball was down the Crows in the Crows' half for most of the last quarter. And the credit to Brisbane, they they their defence was outstanding, especially in the last probably three minutes. They threw numbers behind the ball, and they were just very very good. They were outstanding. Was it, were they outstanding? Was it missed opportunities? Well, we might have a listen to the Adelaide Crows head coach Matthew Clark. I don't think we challenged them as much as we probably could have, uh, taken the ball off the line, but. Um Sometimes that's about their defensive setup, their defensive pressure as well. So I'll have to have a look back and see if there were genuine opportunities we missed or it was just a situation where a good pressure team shuts down some of your ability to access the open side. Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, they were good, the Brisbane Lions. We get the double chance, the Crows, we take on Sydney this week. Melbourne lost the other qualifying final to the North Melbourne Kangaroos by more than six goals. This was not expected. So Melbourne and the Crows, the two favourites, lost their first week, the qualifying finals. They get a double chance, so they play the Cats this weekend. But North Melbourne and Brisbane straight through to the preliminary final. So they are in the box seat now, the Lions and the Kangaroos in that one in the AFLW. Yes, uh, Johnny from Port Augusta is on the line. Wants to have a quick chat about the cricket. Johnny, welcome to Sports Day SA. Yeah, hi, fellas. Long time no talk. <laughs> Johnny, good <laughs> to have you. Uh, I'm 55, and I said the best bat that I've ever seen is Big Regents. Yes. How old are you, Bobs? How old are you, Bobs? I'm uh, very close to your age, Johnny. Right. So you saw Viv? Uh, yeah, I saw Viv play, yeah. Would you wait him as good a batsman as you've seen? Uh, no, I, th- I think. Well, no, <laughs> no, no he's, he's, he's certainly he's certainly in the top few, but uh, I regard like I, like, I regard like Brian Lara is probably the best player Ooh. I've seen. Brian Lara was brilliant. Yeah, Brian I, Lara was brilliant. There's no doubt about that. I saw him make. There's no uh, doubt about that. I'm an Brian Lara fan. Yeah, but I just thought that Viv was more brutal. Brian Lara probably had as much talent, if not more talent. That's saying something. Yeah. He was a beautiful player. He was great to watch by Lara. He was. And I saw him make 100 at Adelaide Oval and I, that sort of put it through. And Ricky Ponting's my yeah. other favourite. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, Rick, we could argue Rick about Chubb it for hours, Johnny. Greg Chubble gets forgotten. I think he's right in there. He's one of the greats. One of the greatest and most graceful players ever. Johnny, thanks for your call. We really appreciate it. He's uh, one of the regulars men and he loves being part of the show and we love him being part of the show on the uh, Just Quality Home Improvements open line. That's one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Yeah, love his passion. Uh, we'll move on to the NBL and the box score. And uh, look, it wasn't a great weekend for the 36ers this weekend. Oh, they just, just came out of the box really slowly. Milton Dahl in the first corner, first quarter was just unbelievable. He caused four t- turnovers in the first quarter that all resulted in a score to Tasmania. He was the general out there. He controlled things. He had eight assists to go with his 13 points. Uh, Rupert Sapple gave him the best player on the court after the game. Um, they they just looked at a little bit lost the sixes. Trey Kell pulled out of the game with a calf injury. He'll miss, miss, 
miss at least a couple of weeks. So that's a, a big out for the Sixers. He's oh, been playing well. He has been playing really well. He's been scoring a lot of points. It's concerning signs for the 36ers. I mean, we mentioned last week that the Jack Jumpers are up there and can claim to be as good as any team in the competition, maybe just Melbourne United slightly ahead. But they are a very good team, and it was always going to be a challenge. And unfortunately, couldn't get the job done. We do take on the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix this Friday night. We do. And our man, Daniel Johnson, will come to town and step out on court in a different uniform, which is going to be weird for him and weird for the Adelaide fans. It's going to be interesting to see how the Adelaide fans react to DJ coming back into the stadium and playing against the club that he was so successful for for his whole NBL career. It will be hostile, without a doubt. You, yeah, I don't know. I think there might be some love for DJ. No, no, there definitely will be. But yes. I, I think you'll, you'll still get you get plenty of fans that will love the banter side of it and play play on it a little bit, which, um, which so they should. But you're right, it will be a little bit weird. Yeah, I, I did speak to the court announcer, Alan Brown, prior to the game, and I said to him, next week... We've got a DJ. They're going to have a DJ. Are you going to go with our DJ and their DJ, or just call him Daniel Johnson, or what are you going to? He didn't know. <laughs> well, stand by. You, you'll find out on Friday night. Um, you mentioned it being a little bit. It might be a little bit weird. Well, the result for LA United was certainly weird on the weekend. After what wow. we've seen this year, and at home six nil, three nil in their two games so far. Well, Sydney FC to come to town who. Hadn't won a game. They'd lost all three games. You thought, we're just going to roll over the top of them here. 5-1, Sydney FC beat Adelaide United. It was 5-0 at one stage as well. Is that one of those results that you just put down as a bad night? I think a little bit of an outlier. I think Carl Viet will certainly look at it as that. He'll Don't get me wrong. He'll absolutely analyse it and go, well, where did we go wrong? But I feel like it's one of those ones that once they got one and two, it just kept coming. And we, mm. we sort of we over-attacked effectively. We tried to get it back and... Uh, you get hurt on the counter effectively, and, and Sydney certainly did that. So I don't think we'll see many of those results this year. I'd hope not. But, um, yeah, we play an aggressive style, and that's going to sometimes happen. Let's uh, listen to the coach, what he had to say about the loss. Going into the game, we knew um, Sydney would come out strong, you know, with, with them having a new coach, and we just didn't um, didn't deal with it. And then um, our boys sort of retreated into their shells a little bit and uh, made it very difficult for ourselves. How uncertain was Sydney? What did you sort of detect from the sideline? Is it mm, new coach, new themes? That was it that dramatic in their change or not? Um, it was just their intensity. They their okay. intensity was um, yeah very high from what, what it had been, and um, it's just I, I suppose now it's up to their their playing group to to maintain that. Yeah, he's in, and uh, Ufuk Tele is the man who has come in to um, be the coach. And geez, that's a nice start after replacing Corica. Uh, his first game, five-one. He must be thinking this isn't actually that difficult. This caper. So, well under Sydney FC, not so good for Adelaide United. Uh, onto the WBBL and the box score. The Adelaide Strikers. Uh, we had a loss against the Heat. We know the Heat's one of the better teams in the competition. Yes. Uh, so just like the Adelaide United has dropped down a couple of places in the in the ladder and on the table, the Adelaide Strikers have done the same thing. They've dropped down a third now. Bit of a caveat in that. They went to Perth, came back to Adelaide, flew up to Mackay. So it's a, it's a lot of travel 
uh, for anyone. Yeah, and difficult. Then, difficult. And, that, and it's not they didn't perform, they just didn't get the win. No, they didn't. But it, it also shows how tight the competition yes. is. I mean, Perth Perth played the one extra game there on seven wins, but you've got the Thunder, the Strikers and the Brisbane Heat, all nine games and six wins from that. So it is very tight and compact there in the WBBL. And the girls play again Wednesday afternoon, three o'clock at Karen Rolton Oval against the Thunder. So another hard contest. It's going to be a great game. Yes. Uh, the Thunder are going very, very well in the WBBL. Uh, a little bit of golf on the weekend bonds. Last uh, of the box scores, uh, Cam Smith finished second in the Hong Kong Open uh, to New Zealander Ben Campbell, who birdied the final two holes to take the championship. It was an enthralling wow. contest. Uh, Adam Scott finished fifth in the Bermuda Open, 19 under, five shots behind uh, the winner Camilo Vig. Villages. 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 We'll call him that. And Max Homer won the NetBank Golf Challenge by four shots. Um, it, that was played in Sun City in South Africa at Gary Player Golf Course. Yeah. Uh, golf Club. And uh, amazing golf course. You go back and look at some highlights of the course, even if you can go back and watch uh, on, on KOL Fox. It's, uh, the course itself was just magnificent and wild animals running around. Well, they weren't running it. around the course, I'm- but... Picturing but, yeah. a safari in the background. It was basically a safari-type atmosphere there. But, uh, yeah, well done. The Aussies uh, won't be that long before uh, the likes of Cam Smith and... Back uh, down under, yep. Yeah, back down under for the Australian tour, which is great. It is, and it'll be, it always is. You, you love that. It'll lead nicely into Live Golf starting, obviously, next year. Which, yes. Uh, we're going to speak with the Grange president uh, shortly. We will, and also coming up uh, next is Men's Top 7, which might have a few more in it, and <laughs> the Hell Hattrick as well. We're here thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Kia, Kia's epic range, the Kia Sportage, Celtos, and EV6. Back for more. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back. The button didn't work. Welcome. I've had a great start to the, t- <laughs> to the show it's tonight, Mens. Uh, it's Bonds and Mens here with you, the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Hope you're having a great Monday and you can be part of the show, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or text in 0427154166. That is the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Time for a Cricket World Cup update. Um, thanks to Henley Homes, designs with dropped prices all the luxuries, and now seven-star energy efficiency. And we will go into... Let's start with the semi-final spawn. So if you're not aware, India finished on top of the table. So they take on New Zealand, who was in fourth position. So that is Wednesday night in Mumbai. Now, I mentioned last week that uh, watch out for whoever wins the toss in this game. It will make a massive difference. We've seen in Mumbai the pitch, uh, the team that has bowled second has absolutely ripped through the the order, which we saw against Australia the other night with Afghanistan. We were just lucky that Maxwell did the job. So that's Wednesday night. South Africa takes on Australia, second v third. On Thursday night, this game is in Kolkata. So that's the two semi 
semi-finals, which will lead into the final on Sunday. If we have a quick look at the table bonds, uh, India 9-0, impenetrable. 2.5 is their net run rate. They were outstanding, and it's theirs to lose. South Africa second at 7-2. and two. Australia third at 7-2. and two. New Zealand snuck in at 5-4. and four. The teams that missed, Pakistan finished fifth on 4-5. and five. Afghanistan had a great tournament. They finished in sixth position. Four wins, five losses if they beat us. You never know what might have happened. England, they jumped up to seventh, so they made the top eight to make the ICC Champions Trophy coming up in uh, the next year or two. Bangladesh, two and seven in eighth. Sri Lanka, two and seven in ninth. And Netherlands, unfortunately, finished in last on two wins and seven losses. Bangladesh, for mine, were probably, with England, the two biggest disappointments, though, of the World Cup. Definitely, completely agree with you. Uh, Mans, we got a, a message in on Twitter, and it's from Mike Ozzie. Uh, Daniel, I can't believe the Browns beat the Ravens. Also, the Texans beating the Bengals. Oof. Wow. A few upsets uh, over the weekend. And um, he's based in New York. He's from South Australia, um, Mike Ozzie. And uh, he'd be happy to talk some NFL with us. And we, we might get him on. We might, Yeah, we might get you on, Mike. That'd be great. I mean, tomorrow night, tune in tomorrow night, Mike. We've got um, All-American Sports Update. And we'll go through those NFL games, uh, some of the NBA games as well. But you're right, the Bengals for mine losing at home against Houston was staggering. But, uh, yeah, great shout. So let's hopefully yeah. get him on. Thanks for having uh, a chat with us. Time for the top seven. Sports Day SA. The top seven is thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Daniel Menzel. Yeah, top seven is the top 11 tonight. And the reason being is uh, with the ODI World Cup group stage now finished, uh, with all teams playing nine games, I've picked my best 11 from the tournament. So my starting 11 from the tournament... We'll go from the top. We'll go and uh, any sort of uncertainties or players you're not happy with here, let me know, Bond. So opening the batting, Quinton de Kock and Rohit Sharma. Two of the absolute standouts so far. There could be a couple missing that you might be thinking, but that's my one and two so far. Davies unlucky. Yeah, potentially, but I think that DeCox made more runs and Rohit's gone at a yep. better rate too, and they won every game. Uh, at three, Virat Kohli. Number three, uh, he no, has been the best batsman in this tournament, without a doubt. Uh, and the reason is backed up by statistics. He's going at an average of 99, and he's hit the most runs as well at 594 runs. So he comes in at number three. At number four, Ravindra. You would not have put this guy there at the start of the tournament, but he is there for good reason. He's hit the third most runs in the tournament, 565 runs at an average of 70 for New Zealand. What a standout performer in World Cup he's had. Unbelievable. Uh, I've got his teammate, Daryl Mitchell, at number five. Now, this like one, it. I could have had a few in there, but I think Mitchell was very pivotal in the mid part of the tournament when they won some really important games. I've loved this guy's tournament. Van der Dusen at number six, South Africa. He is He's come in at number three and four for them, um, but his firepower has been huge for them. He's had a great tournament. It's why South Africa have been so successful. Yep. At number seven, I've got Glenn Maxwell. So he obviously made that 200, which catapulted him up into the top 15 run scorers at 397, but he's bowled well in this tournament as well. Yes, and his fielding comes into it as well. Exactly. At number eight, Matashanka for Sri Lanka. He took the second most wickets in the World Cup and was the shining light by far for them. At number nine, Adam Zampa being the best bowler in the tournament and only rivaled by these two, which is Mohamed Chami and Jasprit Bumrah at 10 and 11. The Indian bowling attack has been as good 
good as there has been, and that's why I've gone with their two fast bowlers at 10 and 11. And Shammy wasn't in their first choice squad. Didn't play every game, but he has been outstanding with the ball, Mohamed Shami, and he's going to be very pivotal for them on Wednesday night. Don't forget you can catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on zone. Visit nflgamepass.com. Uh, <laughs> it's coming up on the show. We are going to the Grange Golf Club to speak to their president. Going to be a good chat, I think. It'll be a great chat. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can bring in the second edition of Live Golf at Grange Golf Club. And we'll have our hat trick as well. So stay with us. This is the summer edition of Sports ASA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer, Dan Menzel with you. And uh, you can get be part of the show as well. The open line, one 736 736 or text in 0427-154-166. That's the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. And men's uh, be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bush bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service. Visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This is a community update, and it's thanks to New Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect high-risk property fire conditions. Available at our good friends at Bunnings Warehouse. Now, uh, men's big big announcement yesterday. Huge. Um, that Live Golf is back. They've set the dates and we're going to go straight to the top and speak to the president of the Grange Golf Club, Nicole Rattan-Reynolds. Thanks to Tire Power. Uh, holiday getaway sales on now. Huge value on selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. Nicole, welcome to Sports ASA. Thank you very much. Well, Delighted to be here. First off the bat, the dates have been announced. What are those dates? Uh, the dates are... 26th, 27th and 28th of April 2024. So essentially the day after Anzac Day. That's uh, exciting for, I mean, everyone in Adelaide, but um, even around the country, we saw such a good attendance uh, last year in the inaugural season. What's the expectations, Nicole, for next year uh, in comparison to year one? Look, we're... Excited to be welcoming Live Golf back to the Grange. It's fantastic for our state and our economy. Um, we had 77,000 people last year, so we're hoping to increase the number of spectators in 2024. Um, we had wonderful support from our members and our volunteers, so hopefully we'll have around 700 volunteers again next year. Um, being and being the day after Anzac Day, people might want to make a long weekend of it and have Anzac have uh, the Friday off and come to the golf. So it uh, also provides an opportunity for a four-day potential long weekend, and you know people can travel from interstate. Forty-one uh, percent of the people that came last year were from outside South Australia. So once again, fantastic for our economy. Yeah, it really is fantastic for the economy. The amount of expenditure that come in was huge. 
Uh, the other one that I saw was it's been named the world's best golf event by the World Golf Awards. And I think a big reason for that is the party atmosphere. So, Nicole, I'm going to go straight to it. There was a party hole last year. Are we expected to see one or potentially more party holes this year? Well, I can definitely guarantee that we'll be having one par- definitely one party hole. I'm not sure about a second one that's still in the planning. Um but possibly increased capacity at that party hole um, simply because it was a phenomenal experience to be there and to have a hole in one, you just, you know, to hold the event uh, and the way that it was embraced by the public and the golfing public as well. Um, But when we had a hole in one, that just really put the icing on the cake and that took it international. Um, you, know, you have events around the world that are fantastic sporting events, but you know I think a girlfriend of mine was in India and within four minutes of having a hole, hole in one at Grange, she was on the phone saying, that is fantastic, I've just seen it on t- television. Oh, it was incredible. I was there. I wasn't at the party hole, but I was on the course, and you could hear the eruption and the noise. And uh, it was the amount of people I spoke to that said, oh, "We've got to get along to the party hole next year." So, Bonds, we might have to see if we can get a ticket to the party hole for the second edition uh, of Live Golf in Adelaide. Um, Nicole, just on that, the music entertainment does that start now in terms of looking at who potentially we might be able to bring to Adelaide as well. I'm sure um, there's probably talks already occurring. We had great, uh, great concerts last year. We had DJ Fisher. We had Birds of Tokyo. So they're going to be hard to top, but, you know, just the whole party atmosphere and the music. It means that golf is actually cool. Yeah. You know, golf has traditionally been very, you know, staid and, and uh, well, traditional. But, you know, to see young people embracing it, the music, you know, it's it's just a takes golf to a new level. Nicole, I just want to ask you about the party hole. Obviously, it's not big enough. Uh, is there any way you can make it bigger, like for put put in a big stand or just go up higher? Maybe have three story, four story uh, corporate areas, or or do you think it's just happy the way you are and just uh, make it a bit of a special area? Look, it's. It was a great area in 2023. Um, I'm sure that they're already starting to look at bigger and better for 2024. Um, But you also have to make sure that it's special and it's something that everyone wants to be at. Um, Look, if we can fit more people in, I'm sure we will. I just want to ask you about what you learnt from the first event because obviously there are learning things. It's the first time you've held an event at Grange for a long time. So what did you take away and go, yeah, look, this we did really well, this we probably could do better? Um, Look, we were pretty happy with the way that the tournament um, was conducted. There are a few things we um, had infrastructure in some areas earlier than we probably needed it. Um, and we want to make it uh, easier for um, spectators to actually access the course. There's always learnings in relation to, you know, food, toilets, rubbish bins, all of the general operational things. Um, but a lot of those things are quite easy to fix and address. Um, to be perfectly honest, 
uh, we had six months to plan 2023. We had no idea how big it was going to be uh, and the expectation from how many people would attend. Um, and it was bigger than we ever imagined. Um, so just on a scale of learning what, what it's all about, um, that's a learning in itself. Oh, without a doubt it is. Now, on to the Grange Golf Club. You would have got added exposure from the Live Golf event and potentially more members sign up as well. How how's the numbers looked post that event? Um, we already have a four-year waiting list. Oof. Um, Might be 10 members. years now. <laughs> so, so um, look, you can't buy that level of exposure around the world. Um you know, it puts it really put the Grange Golf Club on the map. We've held Women's Australian Opens previously, which were fantastic. Um, but this is this event is on the world, very much on the world stage, and that's publicity and marketing that you just can't buy. You know, we'll go to I'll go to a club, um, you know, overseas or you know even in Australia, and when you say I come from the Grange, they go, oh. You're from the club that hosted Live. And, you know, that instant recognition is priceless. It is. It's rather incredible. And so I want to take you back to the start then and ask you how it came to Grange because surely every other golf club out there now is going, geez, we wish we went harder or bid harder or however you got the Live Golf event. How did it come about? Um, look, getting the Live Golf event was... Um, it was actually an initiative very much of our general manager, um, Barry Linky. Um, we have, of course, a relationship with the Greg Norman group because Greg Norman won his first tournament um, in Adelaide. He did. Uh, at the Grange in 1976. Um, and he'd also designed our East course. So we were looking for an event to hold in 2026, which is our centenary year. And we thought, you know, why not throw our hat in the ring? Uh, our general manager wrote to Greg Norman because we had that um, existing contact and said, essentially, if you're looking at bringing Live Golf to Australia, we would be interested in, you know, talking to you about hosting. Um, in August last year, the Greg Norman's representatives actually came to Grange. We did a pitch to them. We explained our 36-hole facility, how we'd structured um, infrastructure for the Women's Australian Open, what we could do you know, to help host a tournament. Um, and pretty much at the same time, um, the government was also talking to Greg Norman and the Live Group. Um, so we were both actually pitching Adelaide, South Australia, the Grange, and it beautifully all came together we weren't expecting to get anything in 2023 um we were sort of expecting maybe a year or two on but to actually be able we took the risk um but to actually be the first in australia to actually host the live golf uh tournament and for it to be you know the world's best golf event and as and as successful as it has been is just you know 
beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah, and there was some braveness with that as well. We shouldn't put that to one side. We, we are speaking with Grange President Nicole uh, Rantanen Reynolds. Sorry, I got your name wrong the first time, so I wanted to correct that. <laughs> um, we, I want to ask okay. you about the, the members and what's the feedback from the members been since the event and prior to the event. Did the members get behind it and um, are they looking forward to this next coming event? Look, the members got behind it. They were absolutely fantastic. They were excited. Um, none of us knew what we were getting. So it was a bit uh, a bit like building the plane as we were flying it um, in finding out uh, about ticketing, about events, about infrastructure. Um, we did a survey of our membership after the event and um, we had 86% of our membership absolutely loved the event. Um, we had 6% that are neutral and the other 6 or so percent were not quite so keen. A bit grumpy. But we kind of got to the stage <laughs> that, well, you know, we interrupted their golf. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> but <laughs> please, or we held an international event. Yes. Um, no, look, look, 80, 86%. All yeah. of the people. Sorry to cut you off. 86% is amazing, amazing uh, intake from the members. And I'm sure, like you said, m the majority of members are really happy with the event and probably excited uh, to come up with the, ne and, you know, and the next one. And excited for 2024 as well. Yeah. Without a doubt. Nicole, before we let you go, the turnaround then after the event uh, to get the course back to normal, back to tip-top shape, taking all the grandstands down, how quick does that happen? Um, our members were playing on the course uh, two days after the event concluded. Wow. It's, in, yeah, it's yeah. impressive. So it, it, it's important to sort of remember that we have, um, you know, three to 400 people uh, playing on our courses, our combined courses each day. We had a week where only 54 people were playing in total rather yes. than, you know, close to 900 rounds for the week. So our course actually got a wreck. Um, when, uh, it does. It sounds illogical, but our course actually got a rest from member ongoing member traffic. Um, we had some learnings. We'll do things a little differently. Um, we grew the rough probably a bit too long for our members' liking, um, but we'll do a little bit better next year. And you know, actually, our aim is to make it as. Um, smooth and least disruptive as possible for our membership. Nicole, it's been great chatting with you uh, quickly. Uh, tickets go on sale when, roundabouts? Yep. Um, the best thing to do is to register uh, via www.livegolf.com uh, and then you can get pre-release uh, to ground passes on the 5th of December. They go on sale to the public on the 6th of December. And hospitality uh, sales actually open this Wednesday, the 15th. Excellent. So it's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. It's going to be hard to top last year, but we're going to give it a try. Nicole, great chatting with you. Congratulations once again on holding this event in Adelaide and down at the Grange. And uh, hopefully we can speak to you closer to the event. Certainly. Thank you very much for the opportunity. There's Nicole, the president of the Grange Golf Club, Nicole Rantenen Reynolds. I got it right there. Rantenen you Reynolds. You did. No, it's a, it's a great coop for South Australia again. Uh, Live Golf coming back.
for its second year, and it's going to be even better the second year round. We know that first year round they did such an amazing job, but you, you learn from things and you make them even bigger and better. And what a month of April it's going to be here in Adelaide because we've got Live Golf and obviously now AFL, the gather round, the schedule is out too, Bonds. Well, let's have a look at that, men's. Let's, uh, we, we were involved, luckily enough to be involved last year. We went up to Mount Barker. Uh, we went to Norwood, did did a game at Norwood Oval. It was a cracking game between the Giants and, and my Hawks. Harry Himmelberg, the match yes. winner on that occasion. But yeah, it was. Mount Barker was really cool to take it um, up there. And uh, the, the ground was in great nick. And uh, and yeah, and looking forward to this second year of it, or second version of Gather Round here in South Australia. So... Uh, the fixture has come out, Bonds, and uh, Adelaide will take on Melbourne the opening game on the Thursday night yes. this time around at Adelaide Oval. Yeah, it kicks off Thursday night. Uh, two games on Friday. You've got the Lions and the Kangaroos. That's the game we did last year yep. up at Mount Barker. Yeah, they've so moved they've that... each other again at yeah, Norwood Oval this at time. At Norwood Oval yep. this time. So different venue for those teams. And then Friday night, uh, this will be a cracker as well, the power take on the Bombers. Yeah, Will, that's, uh, that's going to be a great game. That's Adelaide and Port both playing in the opening couple of games, the opening couple of nights. That Norwood game, the 440, had good success last year. It was Fremantle versus Gold Coast at Norwood. Yes. Really good turnout. So you, I'd expect to see the same. A lot of people will go to that Norwood game and then move on to the Adelaide Oval game and, and do the two-in-one day. If we go to Saturday, well, Sydney takes on West Coast at Mount Barker, so up in the Adelaide Hills, so they get another crack at it, which is great. 1pm that is, and then you've got Carlton playing Fremantle at 3.50 at Adelaide Oval into Adelaide Oval, another game, so a double header. You've got Geelong yes. taking on the Bulldogs, that'd be a good game. Uh, so there's the three games on Saturday. Now I wonder how they do that differently this year, because they had a double header last year, and sort of some of the fans left, like it was a sellout, yep. but some of the fans left after the first game. They've got to be able to resell those tickets somehow, so the crowd can come in for the second game. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's it's not that far apart, 350 to 740. No. So it's... Uh, do they just oversell it? Potentially. Yeah. Uh, and then just put the rest of them on the hill. <laughs> uh, so then we move to Sunday. Mount Barker got two games this time around, which is great. Gold Coast take on GWS at 12 o'clock. Then you've got Norwood over it's Richmond and St Kilda. And then it finishes the round with Collingwood taking on Hawthorne at Adelaide over at 4.40. Is Richmond St Kilda at Norwood, does that surprise you? Like with the amount of... Tigers and St Kilda fans around. Yeah, I mean, in particular, Richmond. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I thought they would be at Adelaide Oval, but uh, they do have to mix it up a little bit. And the other thing is they sold every game out last year and attendances weren't an issue and financial revenue wasn't an issue. So I reckon they're (laughs) backing themselves in with uh, no matter who they put where. Um, So, yeah, so it's going to be great to see. It's across Thursday, April 4th to Sunday, April 7th. Yes, and Collingwood and Hawthorne have good fan bases here in Adelaide as well. So they're going to get good crowds to that game as well. Two two games up in the hills, a couple of games at Norwood, and all the rest to Adelaide Oval. Yeah, the Brosser didn't quite get up for one. So that might be in the future, potentially. Next um, year, I think. It yeah. has to be next year. Yeah. I, th- I think... Uh, the facilities, they get Facilities the was the issue, I think. Yep. They're not having enough time to do that. No, that's right. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, a cracking start. It's a good fixture. We might have a listen to the boss of the AFL, Andrew Dillon, on the gather rounds. So the Crows and Melbourne will open the round on Thursday night at the Adelaide Oval before Port Adelaide and Essendon play in a blockbuster Friday night clash. The Adelaide Oval will then host a doubleheader on Saturday as Fremantle and Carlton battle it out in the afternoon before the Western Bulldogs play Geelong in the evening. St Kilda face Richmond on Sunday afternoon. The action will then return to Adelaide Oval for a twilight match for the final game of Gather Round where the reigning Premier's Collingwood 
the take on Hawthorne. So Andrew Dillon there talking about the fixture. We know that this is a win-win. It's a win-win for the AFL and for the state government here in South Australia. The SA government, well, they, they've given the AFL $80 million for the next three years to have gather around. They, yes. They brought in $83 million for one version of it, one year of it last year. So it's a big win for both the AFL and the SA government. Both South Australian teams are not participating in a double header. We think that's a step in the right direction. We would hope that both the Thursday night and Friday night clashes with Crows and Port playing uh, will be a sellout in their own right, which allows more fans to be able to experience the unique nature of a double header. Yeah, so that was Peter Malinowskis, the Premier, there talking about uh, not putting the Crows and the Power together yes. effectively. Yeah, look, it's it's I I would just love it. I, I think it's uh, I think it was a great success, and they're gonna, we're going to get more visitors this year because there was a lot of Victorians with FOMO. There was a lot of people around the country yeah, with FOMO. No, you're right, and there will be people booking out well in advance. And the other thing I, I really like about this is I just noted down the the dates and the schedule for Gather Round and for Live Golf, and they're three weeks apart. Last year, yep. I reckon it was a week apart. Yeah, it was a week apart. So what that does is it allows people from interstate to maybe go, I, I don't have to pick out of the two. I can actually do both. So we mm. might get even more people coming along this year in 2024, which would be great. It's Monday, it's time for our hat-trick men's and it's thanks to the good oil. Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Now, men's explain. Oh, we've got our stinger. I like that. <laughs> we do. That's a great stinger. What our t- explain um, what the hat trick is for yeah. our listeners. The hat trick is so we've got three phrases, uh, three statements we're going to make each week. And so the first one is a forgettable moment from the weekend of sport. Second one is if you don't know, now you know it's a statement. And the third one is it is what it is. So let's start with the forgettable moment. And Bonds, we're going to go to you first. What was your forgettable moment from oh, the weekend? The 36 has lost to the Tasmanian. Jack Jumpers. Yep. Trey Curl pulls out before the game, which hurt uh, hurt the Sixers. They just looked lost early in the game. They made a bit of a fight back in the last quarter. But in the end, uh, yeah, the Jack Jumpers far too good. Milton Doyle is a player, and so is uh, Jordan Crawford. They, they can play. Are, they absolutely can play. There's a reason why I put them in the tree, and they will yep. stay there in the tree. The uh, Jack Jumpers, really good from them, but not so much from the 36ers, as was my forgettable moment. Adelaide United. A 5 1 loss. Uh, what was that? Incredible. After winning 6 0 and 3 0 at home, it must have been, even for the players to play in that, it would have been a real shock factor. Uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, it is a bad loss. I mean, we are a very attacking offensive team. It's great to watch, but it means that unfortunately, if things don't go your way, that might happen. You might be on the end of one or two of them throughout the season. Hopefully, we've got that out the way early in the piece. Uh, we'll move now to if you don't know, now you know. Bonds, what have you got? Uh, the ABL starts this coming weekend. So the Giants kick off their title defence against the Brisbane Bandits this weekend. There's four games across the weekend, which is pretty standard for the ABL. Starts Friday night, um, and then there's a double header on Saturday and they, from 4 p.m. and 7 p.m., and then uh, another game on Sunday at 12. So oh. if you didn't know the ABL started, 
Now you know. I love that one. Get along to the ABL. It was great to see the Giants play last year. I'm actually wearing the uh, you jumper are. tonight. Appropriate. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. Well, I've got two here because uh, our great producer, Sammy Fantasia, has thrown this one in. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey is an all-star. If you don't know, now you know. 50 points today he scored. Yep. He is playing out of his skin for Philadelphia. I mean... It's going to roll perfectly into mine because James Harden, if he had just bit the bullet and gone back, he could potentially play in a championship this year. And that is my, if you don't know, now you know, four superstars don't work in the same team that all want the ball. Correct. It just doesn't work. Doesn't Scotty Ninnis mentioned it last week with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and James Harden. In their four games they've played together so far, they are 0-4. Haven't not, won a game. Not surprising. No one's surprised at that. And they played one of the worst teams today at home and lost. Incredible. And if you didn't know, now you know. It I, is what it is, Bonds. What have you got? Uh, crowd at the AFLW final um, at Norwood Oval was only 4,209 people. That's pretty poor. Mm, it but is. But I guess it is what it is. <laughs> I like that. It is poor. Uh it is what it is. You're not going to like my bonds, but the 36ers are just not at the same level as the best teams in the competition. It is what it is. They're not quite there. They need something to change, but um, if things remain equal at the moment, we're not going to be any shot come later in the season. Not a true word spoken on this show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was thanks to Coram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Um, and that is the hat trick for this week. Um, and we'll do that every Monday. It is the hat trick. Uh, men's. Um, yeah, I've, I've got just got uh, something quickly for us. Leading into tomorrow, uh, we will do the men's All American Sports tomorrow night. But uh, just a couple of NBA games tomorrow. The Bucks play the Bulls, the Kings, Cavaliers, the Raptors, and Wizards. But your Celtics take on the yes. Knicks. Yes. They've had a couple of losses. Will they bounce back with a win? Yeah, they beat the Raptors yeah, yesterday. They, they've got one back, yeah. but uh, Knicks are in good form. That's okay. Well, you're not going to win every game for the season. No, so tune into the, that one, though. Yeah, It'll be a good game. The, yeah, the Celtics will win a few. Well, a few of them most. No, they will. They'll be, They'll every, be up there. every chance to win it. <laughs> hey, thanks. Uh, been good tonight, and we will do it all again tomorrow. Don't forget we're here at 6 p.m. every night on Cruise and SEN uh, SA. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.